everybody. Welcome back to another edition of PD and P-Dubs Unscripted. And with the holiday, Pastor's off today on Tuesday. And so instead of letting it go two weeks without a podcast, I recruited one of our most famous and most recurring guests here, Maggie Walsh. So Maggie, good to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me again. Now it's PD and M-Dub. <laughs> so yeah, so Maggie is filling in for Pastor here today. And like I said, she's been on, I think, talking about the 4th of July and the dance group and yeah, VBS. Yeah, VBS. And, you know, her claim to fame with VBS is that right now has 692 listens, which is our most listened to podcast by like at least six times. Makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're trying to figure out if it's because it's VBS or because Maggie was our guest here. Yeah. Guess we'll find out. So, yeah. So we thought we'd have a fun topic because it's something we've talked about kind of off there when we've been discussing VBS or random things, but kind of with Halloween kind of almost right around the corner, we're talking about ghosts and kind of the LCMS viewpoint and maybe even some haunted areas within the Palatine area, specifically more the Barrington area. Yes. Specifically, uh, well, we're looking at, we've been talking a bit about the, um, the hauntings of Cuba Road. Right, so for those unfamiliar, Cuba Road's in Barrington and connects kind of Barrington and Lake Barrington. And so, yeah, the big one, the main ones of places that people talk about haunted there is White Cemetery, which is a place I'm familiar with because I do have family members buried there. And so, May, do you want to explain what you've read about White Cemetery and what happens there? Well, I've heard a whole a whole variety of things. I think I remember the first time I heard about it when I was in middle school here, Um you know, it was one of those crazy stories that just kind of seemed to change as I got older. But um, the the story I first heard was that, you know, some girl was walking along and she got hit by a car or something. And now if you go down Cuba Road at midnight, you'll you'll run into her, not actually run into her. You'll find her. And something like the skin will fall off of her face and her hair will turn into snakes. But that's the most uh, wild story I've heard. See, that one I have, because <laughs> I've always heard about the lady in white who is like, well, like, you'll see her, according to the legend, and like as a hitchhiker, then when you pull over to try to pick her up and help her, she just disappears. I've heard that one kind of, that one seems to be the more... You know, typical ghost story. I've also heard about orbs. Right. So I've I heard too that if you go to try and take a picture of the cemetery at night, something will happen. You know, the picture won't turn out. Yeah, something will will interfere with it. So yeah, and I've heard the one that there's a bunch of white orbs that are floating around, and there's something else too. When because I know you sent me some articles that were talking about like you'd see like figures in the cemetery at nighttime that would yeah. like disappear. And like I said, I do have family that is buried there at White Cemetery, but so I've never gone at nighttime. Like I've always gone like during the daytime to visit family or be there for funerals. But yeah, so I've never seen the lady in white and the orbs or the (laughs) person you were talking about that you heard about in middle school. Yeah, (laughs) it's probably a good thing. So nowadays, if a lot of people want to go there just to check it out, especially on Halloween night and so I've heard that as soon as you, you know, as soon as someone shows up there, the cops are there in about five minutes. So, yeah, so they don't <laughs> like people messing around in those areas because 
No, it's kind of like at Christmas time, like the Home Alone house and Will Matt, they get a lot, or Winnetka, that's oh, Winnetka, yeah. Yeah. where the probably cops got to shoot people away. Or even in college, like the one, there was a lot of houses by River Force that like at Christmas time would have a lot of cars. And like one of the houses I remember not too far from Concordia River Force was originally owned or one of the owners was Al Capone mm-hmm. and one of his underlings supposedly lived there. But yeah, so there's that idea of hauntings and like people are intrigued, I think, by hauntings because I remember when I was going on my vicarage, my internship, one of my friends and me, we were both looking up what supposedly haunted in the towns that we were going to. Like he was in Colorado somewhere, I can't remember exactly, near Denver, and then I was in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. So what draws you into this idea, Maggie, of looking (laughs) up like hauntings and wanting to go to places that are haunted like that? I mean, I've always been interested in it. Um, I feel like it's just natural to try and make sense of some of this stuff. You turn on the Discovery Channel. I mean, you got... Just just take the word ghost and add a second word, and that's the name of a show on the Discovery Channel because there's... I don't know. I guess a lot of people are fascinated with it. Ghost Adventures being one of them that I've watched probably a few too many times. Um, <laughs> Never watched that one. Or isn't is Ghost Hunter one of them? Probably. Like I said, just, you know, there's like Ghost Nation, old paranormal caught on camera. We like to watch that one because it's just kind of over dramatic. Yeah, I've never seen that one. You know, what about, I like the Ghostbusters, the original movies and cartoons. <laughs> no, that's my extent of probably ghosts. I think Ghost Adventures is probably the, uh, the classic. That's been on for a long time. There's a lot of episodes. But the guys, I think it's also also part of it is that the guys are kind of crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and then, so, yeah. So, that's where you get that. And I think it is just kind of an intrigue and people want to know, like, if it's really there. Like, is it just people pulling somebody's leg? Like, you know, we we're talking about Cuba Road and White Cemetery and the Lady in White or the person you talked about in middle school or the White Orbs. Like, is this real or is it just like kind of folklore? Well, and then there's. There's the other thing that, you know, I think I, I may have seen a ghost. So, I mean, that's part of the reason why I'm here today is to find out what you if saw. I saw a ghost. It, so. it was kind of just a cloud of mist. So, you know. A cloud of it mist. It was pretty suspicious, though. And when was this? <laughs> well, so I was at uh, my, my grandma's house up in Door County, Wisconsin. It's right next to the state park. So, um, I would... My sister and I, we, we always go walking in the park, and if you go about a mile in, you get to the water, and there's a little park up there, so we walked all the way up to the park, and it was it was kind of early in the morning. I guess not that early. Right. Nine or something. Well, for you, that's early. <laughs> yeah, it's early for me. And um, so we, we walk to this park. My sister, of course, goes to the playground. I'm walking, there's a bike rack, and I notice that right in front of the bike rack, there's like this really strange cloud. I thought it was smoke, and I thought, oh, you know, maybe someone was here, someone threw a cigarette down or something. It's it's a campground, so um, I thought, you know, maybe the grass was kind of wet. I walk up there to check out what it was, and by the time I even think twice about it, it's gone, and... Um, the grass wasn't wet. There was nothing there and there was no one around. No one. And how long so, ago was this? This was a, uh, a few years ago, five years, something so around So this has been there. on your mind for like five years? <laughs> yes. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe before we dive into some of like the stuff I found about like 
like the viewpoint from like a Christian viewpoint, talking about ghosts and all those things. You also had Rainbow Road in Barrington. Oh, yeah. Not to be confused with Rainbow Road from Mario Kart, because <laughs> when you texted that, that's where my mind immediately went to was Rainbow Road. Yes. For all those Mario Kart fans out there. Yeah. And that one, from what I read on what you sent me, looked like it was like a house disappears. Yeah, that one, I just heard about that. You know, I had heard about one of the other Cuba Road stories. I had heard about a disappearing car and um, a disappearing house. And I guess that's probably the disappearing house that they were talking about. Although, I don't know that that place is actually by Cuba Road. So, um, but I guess the house, you see it one second and then it's gone or something like that. But I guess there was... There is there was actually a house there, right. and it had some ties to Al Capone, and I guess a family moved in and had a whole bunch of things happen. So it's it's kind of some interesting stories. And if I remember from what I read, what she said, it said like the house burned down. Something like that. Yeah, there I think I house. saw. Um, they used it. I think it said something like the the fire department used it for controlled like burns burn. or something. Yeah. But yeah, I thought I remember that, and like because I I can't remember is that one that also talked about like that article because he sent a few that talked about Babyface Nelson and like yeah. the shootout that he got in, which I guess when I was looking at Wikipedia earlier today, it said like it was known as the Battle of Barrington, hmm. and that was kind of there on Main Street or Route 14 Northwest Highway in Barrington, which I always remember hearing like stories from my mom. And I think maybe grandma. That at the Shell station there at 14 and 59, there was a shootout with like mobsters. So I, I think it might have been that story. Yeah. I was just kind of, an, I thought it was kind of interesting where they said like Babyface Nelson and his family, were, his wife or girlfriend and like his second in command were coming back from Lake Geneva. Mm. They saw the cops or like the feds going up to Lake Geneva and like Fox River Grove and they both kind of recognize each other in the cars. And then that's what kind of ensued this car chase into Barrington and the shootout. But then that kind of ties to the I think I think the one you're talking about with the car, where like one of the articles had like that you see this car that shines its lights at you and it tries to run you off the road. Yeah. And then you see like what people say they see as the drivers like a, almost like a mobster mob, mobster from like the 20s, and then that one also tied into that you'd see like somebody sitting in the back seat of your car, which that would be a little freaky I think. Yes. Yeah. Like. All of them are a little bit, but that one I think would would be the one that would freak me out the most if that yeah. happened. So, but yeah, like I said, so I wanted to kind of get like look at these things and kind of like through an LCMS Lutheran standpoint, the Lutheran Church was very centered. And so I just typed in like on Google because I'm like, you know, I don't really know what our viewpoint is. And the first article that came up came from the Lutheran Witness, an article by Pastor Brian Wolf Mueller. And so that's kind of what I want to kind of look at for some of the ideas when we talk. And you can chime in and add, because I know you were looking up Bible verses to kind of mm-hmm. support maybe ghosts and hauntings. So the first thing that Pastor Brian's Mueller, Wolf Mueller says is, We believe in ghosts. A person's soul continues on even after it's separated from its body by death. When we die, our souls continue living, waiting for the resurrection when our souls will be reunited with our bodies. So what do you when you hear that one, Maggie? What do you think? I mean, it sounds like um, I don't know. When I first read that, it sounded contradictory to to everything I had ever heard about the the Christian viewpoint. Is that you know, no, when you're when you're gone, you're gone. You know. <laughs> well, but, I, I guess like I, when I read that, I just thought like it makes sense and kind of my understanding. Like 
yes, our earthly bodies stay here in our graves or unless we get cremated in that. Because mm-hmm. even that's like a thing like it used to be where like Lutherans didn't believe in cremation mm-hmm. because they would think, well, how how is God going to resurrect your body at the end? But it's like God is God. So I think he can resurrect ashes if you're cremated. And so, but our soul goes up to heaven. Like I think of like the old kind of cartoons when you see somebody like get knocked out or like where they almost like you think they die where you see like the, the soul, like the ghost, yeah. the spirit of the person float up to heaven. So I think that's what he's kind of getting at here. That idea that, yes, our earthly bodies remain here and whatever happens, you know, after we die, but then our soul goes up to heaven until that final resurrection when we're reunited with our bodies, which I think speaks to the Bible, one of the Bible verses you found about with Jesus' crucifixion, like what happened after there in Matthew, was it 27? Um, yes, Matthew 27, 52 to 53. <clears throat> Do you want me to read it? Yes, please. <laughs> the tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs, after his resurrection, they went to the holy city and appeared to many. So I think that speaks to that, like the idea that like their earthly bodies were what were resurrected and came out of the tombs when Jesus died on the cross. That's kind of how I would understand that. Like that's what came out. I don't know because like it doesn't really say in that Matthew text like that they were reunited with their souls at that moment. It's just that their bodies came up from the ground or wherever they were buried. And so that is one of those ideas of like, not sure exactly what that looked like or how that played out. But I kind of look at like their earthly bodies rose, but it seems weird because in our minds, like you think, are they just like zombies almost walking there? (laughs) But somehow they had to know what was going on because obviously that was an amazing, not amazing that Jesus died, but like huge moment in the history of the world, Jesus dying on the cross Mm -hmm. where, so I think that's where it gets to that idea that their bodies rose what were their mental capabilities at that point? I don't really know. And scripture doesn't say. And it's kind of like, even like you look at like Lazarus when he died, people were almost thinking like, that's why Jesus waited those few days to prove that he was really dead. And I think that even speaks to Jesus being dead for three days. Because if it was just like, oh, Jesus died on the cross, then like eight hours later, he was up and alive. People could be like, well, he was just sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that doesn't really work. So like three days. And I think that is like what the tradition was that if three days. Yeah. It's official. You're gone. You're not coming back. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if any other talk you want to have on that one about like this idea that we believe in ghosts, but the separation of like soul from body. Um, or any of the other Bible verses you have. I had another one saved here. Psalm 146 verse three through four, put not your trust in princes, a in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans per- perish. So, like, to me, I, to me, once again, thinking of that separation of, like, soul and body, mm-hmm. that, like, when we breathe our last breath on this earth, we do go back to, the gr- like, the ground. Like, when we die, you, whether, well, I guess not all cases in cremation are you buried, but you can be, and if you are in a casket and being buried, you know, you're returning to the earth which mm-hmm. you came. And that's why, like, pastors will say at the, at the committal, like, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, from earth you shall return. Kind of that, talking about that. And, yeah, and, like, once our earthly bodies die, all the plans that we have in this world are no longer. 
Like, if I were to die today, all my future plans are out the window. Yeah, I guess reading it now and not at 2 a.m. when I found it. Um, when, when I put, when I thought, when I read he returns to the earth, I was initially thinking, well, he died and then, you know, returned as a ghost or something. But I guess oh. that makes more sense. So, yeah, and that's, you know, <laughs> now I'm just thinking of the saying, like, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. <laughs> so. It wasn't after 2 a.m., it was before 2 a.m. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But, yeah, so I think that's, yeah, I don't think it was going, like, we return like ghosts, which your your two AM brain was thinking yes. about. Yeah. So a little bit different there. And then the second thing in Pastor Wolf Mueller's article says second, we do not believe that ghosts, the disembodied souls of the dead, are hanging around this earth. Jesus tells the story about Lazarus and the rich man. Both die. The angels carry Lazarus to Abraham's bosom. The rich man is taken to hell. Neither remain on earth. In fact, the rich man begs Abraham to send Lazarus to preach to his brothers, and it is forbidden. The souls of the dead do not remain on earth. So that's Luke chapter 16, 19 through 31 summarized there. So that, I think, kind of speaks to what we're talking about with whether it's the lady in white or the person you were talking about that you heard about in middle school that he said was like in a car. Was it a car accident? Yeah. So like, it's not like her, her like, soul is remaining there on Cuba road haunting people as they drive by and scaring them as like her skin falls off and her hair turns into snakes. Yeah. So any other thoughts on that one? Um, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's kind of what I knew. That's, Mm. I knew, you know, it wasn't people, you know, people who had died, specific people, you know, coming back to life. And I know right. I, I had an art, I had a verse from Hebrews. Here it is. Wait, here it is. Nope. Job 14 verse 12. So a man lies down and rises not again till the heavens are no more. He will not awake or be roused out of his sleep. And then there's another one in Hebrews 9 verse 27. And just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment. So I feel like that makes that one pretty clear. So yeah, that I think speaks to that idea. So like, I think that's kind of like a common like idea when it comes to like hauntings or places that are haunted is like, oh, this person died here tragically. Their like soul remains trapped here at this mm-hmm. place until like their time to get like payback or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Well, that's the entire plot of Ghost Whisper. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. No. Wow. Really? No, I don't, I don't really watch shows about ghosts, I have to admit. So, sorry, I'm not up with my ghosts. I mean, the stuff does intrigue me because that was actually probably one of the coolest things I've done in New Orleans was like a haunted tour mm-hmm. around the French Quarter. So hopefully when we go back in 2025 for the National Youth Gathering, that'll be something we take the kids to do if parents agree to that, like doing a haunted tour around the French Quarter where they talked about the different areas and like, what people experience there and mm-hmm. where they think the story, why that story originated. Yeah. So that was always interesting. So I see the interest, but watching it on TV, I don't really know <laughs> if it's really my like go-to source of entertainment. Well, that's the ghost whisperer. Um, she, she has the, you know, power to talk to ghosts or whatever. And, and they all, um, every episode, it's like a different ghost. she, you know, crosses her path and she tries to get them to cross into the light, you know, by, mm. by like fixing a relationship with someone on earth or something like that. Right. <laughs> so that's kind of speaks to like that standard tradition of like, they're trying to right a wrong or 
yeah. get revenge on whatever, uh-huh. harm them. But I mean, so this makes good sense. Like, uh, even though like Lazarus and the rich man isn't like a true story, it's more of like Jesus teaching, using it as a teaching moment. But it makes sense because he doesn't like say, oh, yes, they can come back so that people on this earth could see what's going on. And I always think, too, with when it comes to like dying, especially going to heaven, people in heaven aren't concerned about what's going down on this earth. Yeah. Like they're in heaven, they're experiencing joy and happiness. And it's one of those things like if they would look down and see like a loved one struggling, they could be sad. But I'm like, well, there's no sadness in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that kind of even speaks to like, because I know like a question that comes up, especially with the youth is like, you know, the whole idea like where we talk about Emmanuel with the one having that person that doesn't believe in Jesus and that idea of like, what if we had a fa- somebody that loved one family member, friend or whatever that doesn't believe we die, we go to heaven, that person dies and they don't go to heaven. Would we be sad because they're not there? And like, I don't know your thoughts on that or if you ever thought about that. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. And that's fine. But like, I've been asked that and I'm like, and as like callous or maybe not loving as it might sound, I'm like, my opinion is we just cease to remember that that person existed. Yeah, that's what I would probably think. Because like, there's no sorrow or sadness in heaven. So mm-hmm. we wouldn't be sorry or sad that like so-and-so is not in heaven. Yeah. Because we just cease to have that memory, which is like earthly mind that's like, I couldn't imagine not remembering that person, mm-hmm. but that's my how I take that. Yeah. And then kind of the next point that Pastor Wolf Mueller brings up, which I think speaks to like Ouija boards and things like that, or like going to fortune tellers or people to talk about, like try to reach out to dead loved ones. The Lord's people are strictly forbidden from attempting to communicate with the dead. This abuses our Lord's name. With you know, we should not fear. We should fear love. God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, or deceive by his name. Specifically considered in Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12. So, which I believe here is, therefore shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interrupts omens, or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer. There's a lot there. Or one who inquires of the dead, whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. That's a pretty strong word, like thing when it says you're an abomination of the Lord. So much for Harry Potter. <laughs> well, and all his wizard friends. <laughs> you know, I think of that part in The Simpsons where Ned Flanders is, you know, reading the book to Rod and Todd, and he says, "In Harry Potter." And all his wizard friends went straight to hell for practicing witchcraft. <laughs> I do remember that now that you say that in The Simpsons. But yeah, like, I mean, that's a topic for maybe another day, like <laughs> Harry Potter and the witchcraft oh, and yeah. wizardry. Because I know that was something a few years ago. Some of the middle school kids once asked me my thoughts on Harry Potter. I'm like, I love the books. I love the movies. But to me, it's a fictional story. I don't believe in the wizardry and the witchcraft yeah, going right. on. And they're like, well, such and such a teacher doesn't think it's an appropriate thing to be reading and then putting me in a debate with said teacher <laughs> over those things. And I was like, they set me up, those kids, so that they can know. But yeah, like to me, I don't see, as long as you can like separate that fictional story, like the yeah. witchcraft and wizardry, because like I said, I enjoy Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. 
It's not like I'm thinking, oh, I can go say Avracadavra or whatever one of their cur- <laughs> yeah, whatever their curses are, Expelliarmus, <laughs> and like think that that's real. Yeah. Or even like I think, like I said initially when we first went into this third point, that whole idea about like Ouija boards. Yeah, like that's something I've never messed with, nor do no. I have any motivation to. We uh, well, I guess my grandma used to have a Ouija board. Why? No one can answer me. Um, Was it ever used? I don't think so. But now it's covered in contact paper and we use it as a writing, you know, (laughs) something to write on. Um, So, but I I don't understand why we even had it. Because, I mean, that's one of those things you don't mess with. (laughs) Right, yes. It's not something I would normally mess with. But people seem, I feel that especially like a middle school thing, like maybe high school, but I think it's more middle school like. Yeah. Let's do that. Then it's always like you see like in movies or TV, like people are like fighting like you moved it or. Yeah. So, but yeah, and even going to like fortune tellers predicting future or trying to contact those that are dead. Those are all things that like we don't view as things that we should do. And like they're using more satanic for arts to be able to achieve what they say they're getting to. Yeah. I found a verse from, well, a few verses from Acts. Um, 16, verse 16 through 18. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. So I thought that was really interesting because, um, you know, I never thought of, of an evil spirit to be able to actually give someone, you know, some kind of power. But um, obviously if you, you know, rely on a power other than God, that's that's I think that's one of those abominations that we were talking about in the other verse. But I think Sue speaks to like you see throughout like scripture in the New Testament, and the Gospels, like people being possessed by spirits or or demons. But what always is impressive to me in those situations, and even in the one you read, is that from Acts. I you said, mm-hmm. but like the evil spirit or the per- thing that's possessing that person always has a clear, concise confession of who jesus is right yeah like so it's like if the demon can point out like hey jesus is who he says he is i think that speaks to it because i know it's like in the case with the story with legion yes where he confesses like you're we can we know you're who you are yeah have mercy on us Mm -hmm. yet everybody else who's like not possessed by demon still struggles to understand who that is Mm -hmm. so i think that speaks to god and like who jesus was that the evil spirits can recognize that. Yeah. I thought, um, I guess one of my theories about, um, I don't know that it necessarily, um, the piece you were reading necessarily went too far in depth on like how a place could be haunted. You know, like people say, oh, Cuba Road's haunted. Right. Well, what I've always thought is that, you know, they're not ghosts in the traditional sense, but if people are there to find ghosts, you know, Satan and the evil spirits are going to totally take advantage of that. Yeah, I think. And they're, you know, going to want to draw people in and, 
you know, manifest themselves in different ways. I think that could be a possibility where, like, the devil maybe twists their mind so they see something, like mm-hmm. a thing of mist at a bike rack. Yeah. Where they think that's a ghost. Well, it even, I, there's a verse in, in 2 Corinthians, which I've, I had heard before doing my research. Um, and no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, which that's, mm. you know, there was a comment on that. When I read through that article, I, I found the comments pretty interesting. And someone said, um, you know, oh, we had we had some weird stuff happening in our house. You know, one right. um, just like things like lights flickering, stuff like that. And then they said, like, one day we just told it to go away and it did. And, you know, they were saying, I wonder why it never tormented us or anything like that. And it made me kind of think, well... Maybe that's, you know, an evil spirit trying to get close to a person. And it made me think, you know, we got Casper the Friendly Ghost and, you know, all these images of, of, you know, oh, you can, ghosts can be good people too, you know. Right, that they're friendly and like, yeah, and that could be like, you know, there is evil in the world and like, I, and it's, I would say it's not as practiced. I mean, in the Lutheran church as maybe other denominations, but I know I've been part of one where like, and I've heard of it a handful of times in my ministry where people want the pastor coming to bless their house and to go to each room and say like a blessing over that room. Think in a sense to like curtail any evil spirits from happening. Mm -hmm. And I think kind of with the article here, it goes when like speaking specters, it says, if any of these are true, what do we make? If these are true, what do we make of the, all the ghost stories, experiences of people being visited by the dead? Are they simply delusions? And he goes on, Pastor Wolf Mueller, to say, perhaps some are, but there might be more to discern if we listen to what the specters preach. So he talks about in Job, one of Job's friends, Eliphaz, says, Now a word was brought to me stealthily. My ear received the whisper of it. Amid the thoughts from visions of night, when deep sleep falls on men... Dread came upon me, and trembling, which made all my bones shake. A spirit glitted past my face. The hair of my face flesh stood up. It stood still, but I could not discern its appearance. A form was before my eyes. There was a silence, then I heard a voice. And that's Job 4, 12 through 21. And so, yeah, so there's that idea of like, you know, even First John, he goes on to say, Beloved, do not believe every, every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many, for many false prophets have gone in, out into the world. So that speaks to what you were talking about, like the devil and the evil spirits, like where he disguises himself as an angel of light, and we know the devil is a great deceiver, but so that we don't believe every spirit, but to kind of test it to see, like, is it from God? How would you do that? <laughs> I think that's where, like, we're staying in God's word, staying in prayer, you can kind of discern, is this going to, like, it's no different than seeing what is God's will for my life, mm-hmm. where the more you're in God's word, the easier it is to discern what his will is for you in your life and how you should live out your life. And then kind of wrapping up here, uh, just kind of a Lutheran perspective as he wraps up, their assessment of ghost stories turn up in our Lutheran confession Luther notes in the small call articles, evil spirits have produced many wicked tricks by appearing as the souls of the departed, 1 Samuel 28, and with unspeakable lies and tricks demanded masses, Virgil, Virgil's pilgrimage, and other alms. 
So Luther doesn't hesitate to identify the ghosts as demons or evil spirits, and he recognizes them by their teaching. If a ghost requires an indulgence to free them from purgatory, then the ghost is a deceiving spirit. So it goes back to what I just said earlier, where it's like knowing God's word, you can kind of see, are they promoting something that is scripturally sound, Mm -hmm. or is it like a false teaching? Yeah. So I don't know, maybe if you have any closing thoughts. I don't know. I mean, this discussion could probably go on forever, but it's it's good to, um, I mean, especially with Halloween coming up, it's right. good to know what you think about this, you know, so you're not so you're not led the wrong way, you know. <laughs> right, and it's something like we said, people are intrigued by this type of topic, and mm-hmm. it, it's not one that I would say necessarily gets preached upon in church. Like, I don't think I've ever preached a sermon about ghosts. Yeah. That'd be more like a Bible study, I think, coming out. And I know this is something you want to talk about with that yes. or different things. <laughs> so, yeah. So maybe we'll have you on again to talk ghosts or different yeah, things like this. Part two. I, well, I recommend, you know, I recommended a sequel where we go to the cemetery and, right. you know, ask the ghosts to leave. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if we'll be doing that second part. <laughs> But yeah, so Meg, I appreciate you filling in for P-Dubs here today. I forgot what you refer to yourself as of PD and... M-Dubs. N-Dubs, you know, <laughs> filling in here. So we got M-Dubs here filling in and hope you guys enjoyed this kind of conversation. We looked at ghosts and hauntings and kind of the Lutheran perspective on those things. So thank you, everybody, and God's blessings. <laughs>